All right, what is up, you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. Um, hopefully, you guys got a chance to check out the playlist. Um, this one was definitely a throwback playlist for me. Uh, super nostalgic. A lot of, um, let's see, who do we have? E40, um, Kafani. Uh, there is some, who else? Some Lil John on there. Um, a little bit of T-Pain. Just a lot of, uh, a lot of throwback tracks from, I would say, what, like the 2010-ish era of just, like, trap. Or not even trap. It wasn't trap shit. It was, like, uh, Lil John's crunk movement. And then, um, a lot of the Bay Area hyphy shit, um, and I, I fucked with that, with that music heavy, so that, that playlist is super nostalgic for me, I recommend you guys check it out, it'll probably be nostalgic for you too, um, but yeah, check it out if you get a chance, uh, alright, so we're gonna jump right into it, first up is, uh, Apple's App Store ranked in a record 300 million on New Year's Day, which is just fucking crazy, that figure is insane, on New Year's Day, motherfuckers. Um, so Apple saw a 25% increase in its app store sales on New Year's Day as consumers spent $300 million on apps, the most since the platform launched in 2008. So fucking crazy. Um, between Christmas and New Year's Day, Apple has stated $890 million U.S. million were spent towards iOS apps. iOS apps alone... Mind you, it specifies apps, so that's fucking crazy, not even including music. Um, in 2017, iOS developers made $26.5 billion, uh, with Apple's redesigned app store and improved developer tools being, heav- being heavy contributors to their, to their earnings. Um, that, that figure is just fucking insane to me. $300 million? Bro, $300 million in a day fucking crazy i mean it makes sense though everyone has uh, an apple device right if if it's not your phone you you know you usually have an ipad or some shit or if you do have your fucking an iphone you usually have an ipad and an apple watch and all that shit right fucking crazy though man um staying in apple news though we have uh Apple confirms Meltdown and Spectre faults affect all Mac and iOS devices. <clears throat> so, uh, upgrade your software if you want to be safe, not sorry. Uh, following from yesterday's news that a processor flaw could expose, could, could expose all electronic devices created in the last 20 years, um, Apple has now followed other tech companies in releasing a statement about them about meltdown and specter the issues arise from chips made by intel amd and arm of which apple use of which apple use intel processors in its mac computers while the iphone ipad apple tv and apple watch all use arm chips um apple's statement explains that all mac systems and ios devices are affected but there are no known exploits impacting customers at this time. Uh, still fucking scary as fuck. Um, it also goes on to say that fixes for issues were included in recent updates. 
These include the iOS 11.2 for phones, Mac OS 10.13.2 for computers, tvOS 11.2 for Apple TV, all of which protect against the meltdown flaw. Um, Spectre is the trickier flaw of the two, with The Guardian reporting that Apple said it, it was developing protections against the Spectre flaw for its Safari browser <clears throat> for iOS and Mac OS, and would release them in the coming days to help stop potential exploitation via JavaScript running in the browser from a website. So, pretty fucking crazy. Um, and if you guys are unaware, the... The, uh, here, let me run through the Meltdown and Spectre faults, um, from Intel. <clears throat> so, two processor flaws make nearly every computer vulnerable. Uh, the flaw is potentially catastrophic. So, computer researchers have found two major security issues located within two microprocessors in nearly all the world's computers. The flaws are called Meltdown and Spectre, respectively, and according to the New York Times, could conceivably allow hackers to steal the entire memory of all computers, ranging from mobile devices, computers, and servers that run on cloud networks. So fucking everything. Everything is fucked. Um, <laughs> uh, the fixes for the two flaws are different, as Meltdown requires patches that could slow down computers by up to 30%, while Spectre requires for the processors to be remade from the ground up. But while Spectre is a tougher issue to fix, Meltdown affects cloud computing serv services that Amazon, Google, and Microsoft specialize in. The aforementioned companies released updates for their systems on January 3rd, while Amazon told customers that the vulnerability, quote, has existed for more than 20 years in modern processor architectures. Um... And that the computers and that the company had already protected consumers from the potential flaw. Um, which they wait till now to tell us. I mean, that's kind of... I don't know, dude. This shit is crazy. Uh, just the wide spectrum of what this is affecting. Uh, researchers have launched... Have, yeah, have launched a site detailing issues causing... Called Meltdown Attack. The frequently asked question notes early notes nearly everyone is affected by the flaw but that there are already patches for windows linux and mac os um the aforementioned pat the aforementioned patches um but for specter however it is said that the following uh it is said the following as it is not easy to fix it will haunt us for quite some time uh so that's great <clears throat> so that was just a brief covering of the um the processor flaws that you guys have likely heard of um with what is it meltdown inspector fucking crazy um staying in apple news jimmy iveen is supposedly leaving apple music um it is unclear if he will be replaced so jimmy iveen is reportedly leaving apple music in august oh so that's a fucking while out um, Iveen, former Interscope CEO, is currently top executive at the streaming service. Back in 2014, Iveen, along with co-owner Dr. Dre, sold Beats to Apple for $3 billion. Um, according to Billboard, it is believed his departure is time to his Apple shares fully vesting. Uh, makes sense then, I guess, right? 
when you have that much money already, you're just staying for, for the fucking benefits and then you're out. Um, Iveen played a major role in the success of Apple Music. The streaming giant expanded to over 30 million playing to over 30 million paying subscribers since its launch in June 2015. It is currently unclear whether Apple might replace IVM because he never took a specific title at the company. So kind of crazy. Makes sense. So, you know, when you're that rich. <clears throat> um, <laughs> That's kind of funny. He didn't even have a fucking title. Like, what the fuck are we replacing? We didn't even know what he did, bro. <laughs> um, But no, that's dope for him. I mean, you know, he's earned it, so... Uh, Alright, still staying in tech news. LG unveils a 150-inch 4K HDR projector. <clears throat> this thing is fucking crazy. Uh, LG reveals more tech ahead of CES. So, uh, earlier this week, LG revealed an 88-inch 8K OLED TV and today uncovers its new 150-inch HU80KA projector ahead of CES 2018. The projector is capable of outputting 4K quality and support for HDR with HDR10 tech, um, allowing, for com- allowing for compatibility with both the Xbox One X and PlayStation 4. <clears throat> its tall and thin design makes it versatile, allowing it to sit directly on the floor, mounted on a wall, and even a ceiling, unlike most projectors. Um... The HU80KA is a, is able to produce 2,500 lumens of brightness and includes two 7-watt speakers in its casing. It also allows optical, HDMI, and Bluetooth connectivity for use with high-end entertainment speakers. Um, an included USB port allows media playback from external hard drives and flash drives, and there are Ethernet and HDMI ports too. It can also stream from platforms such as Netflix, Hulu, and YouTube. Although LG describes the HU80KA, uh, for sure have a fucking a better name for that, right? The HU80KA. Um. Uh. So, uh, although LG describes the HU80KA as an affordable yet premium device, no price has been announced, but one will likely be made official at CES next week. Stay tuned for more details. Um, so projectors are interesting, because I thought they were, like, the ultimate, right? Like, this was years back, when I was thinking of, like, what would be one of the dopest TVs to own, and, you know, when I was contemplating my first big, like, TV purchase, but, um, obviously the picture quality isn't that great, and so there's a lot of room to be improved on, and to have four, to have 4K on a projector sounds fucking crazy. I would just like to see that shit in person, you know? Um, but it, it just really is the ultimate, right? Because it's like the, you get fucking TV without a TV being there. Uh, a cumbersome, you know, huge-ass device fucking nailed to your wall. It's just literally the picture on the wall. Um, I don't know. I think that would be dope. I think projectors are really dope. Uh, but I wonder, because this is like... It's about the size of like a large lunchbox from the photos in the in the article. Um, I just wonder how efficient it is. Like, you know, if there have to be some limitations on how much you could run it. 
just with it projecting that much light, it's got to heat up really fucking quick. Um, I guess we'll hear more specifics next week with CES, but, um, it's still dope. I mean, projected technology is fascinating to me. Um, and I'm not too big into TVs, but goddamn, a fucking projector. That'd be pretty dope. Uh, between that and the fucking, what is it? I think it's an LG as well. That's like paper thin. It's like thinner than a key. And it's because the, I forget what the fuck the TV is called. This was at CES. They premiered it at CES last year. And it's like, they have like a, what, a 60, no, I think it's like a, yeah, maybe a 60 inch model and then a 70 inch and the 60 inch I think is like, what is it, what was it, like 10 grand or some shit? I mean, it's, it's that tech that is like the tech that you show off, you know, like when you just have that money. You just get it just to fucking show off. And it's thinner than a fucking key. And it's because uh, the internals are largely outside of the TV. So the TV, I, I, you don't even fucking need to nail it. It's like, I forget how many pounds it weighs. Obviously significantly less than, you know, than a normal TV. Um, but yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was an LG. Uh, either way, LG is doing some dope shit, so... I look forward to um, hearing specs on that projector coming hopefully next week. <clears throat> All right, next up, <clears throat> a Tesla Model X saves a semi truck stuck in the snow. So fuck you to anyone who says that Teslas or, you know, like fucking electric cars don't have power. Okay. Um. So, the current bomb cyclone snowstorm hitting the east coast has left many drivers stranded on roads as hurling snow and frigid temperatures have created less than favorable traffic conditions. Although it's not uncommon for those stranded to call for help, when the driver of a semi-truck in North Carolina found himself stuck on a snowy hill, the only help he was able to receive was from a much smaller Tesla Model X. That's fucking crazy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me guys. But despite the 5,000-pound towing capacity of the all-electric luxury SUV, the Model X easily pulled the semi from its icy predicament. Elon Musk's Model X was able to impressively drag the one tractor trailer thanks to a state of thanks to a state-of-the-art dual electric motor setup connected to a software-controlled torque vectoring system. Um, working in unison, the electric motors and vectoring system gave the Model X in the video optimal traction for the road conditions and, and towing load. Fucking crazy. Um, I'll see if I can find a version of the video that, because this is on Facebook video, and I'll see if I can retweet that for you guys um, so you guys can check out the Twitter page and it'll have the video. But it's fucking crazy, man. Um, it just shows you that the tech, I don't know, we're far beyond just like, I don't know, utilizing the tech and, you know, and everything that the car has, it's, I don't know, shit's fascinating to me. Um, so yeah, this is the story was fucking crazy and a big fuck you to anyone who thinks that these electric cars are half cars or not as capable. 
So I wanted to definitely include that story. Um, all right, now getting into sneakers and fashion. Balenciaga has revealed um, new spring-ready colorways of the Triple S. So um, the much-loved Triple S has appeared in a selection of new colorways, including a metallic silver with red accents, as well as bright yellow and beige parts. Um, what's interesting here is that in the photos that, <clears throat> or in the sneakers that they revealed, there is a deep gray, like, faded black pair with white laces and a white liner. Um, and then also a gray and white pair. And then a, uh, a blue pair with a, like, off-white outsole and orange hits. Um, but those are all in this, like, sleek new triple S model that has more of a streamlined design. I mean, if you could have a streamlined design on a sneak on a fucking shoe that bulky, right? Um, I don't really care for it. I like the other the other like complex construction compared to that. That that to me is like what makes the build of the triple S and that's what makes it kind of what it is. Um and in that model that we've seen released, like the complex um, well, with the complex upper and everything, there is like a neon green colorway with a gray midsole. And then, of course, the uh, the previously mentioned silver and white and red uh, colorway. And, and it has like a black liner, uh, silver accents on the panels, and then red hits on the outsole. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited. I, I'm glad that balenciaga is producing more i think they're likely um you know they're listening to demand which not all sneaker brands do and uh so for that i definitely applaud them and i look forward to maybe getting a chance in the future to cop a pair uh hopefully fingers crossed um but we'll see all right now the next story 2 Chains is mad at his name placement on the 2018 Governor Governor's Ball poster. So, uh this year's Governor Ball lineup, Governor's Ball lineup was announced yesterday, January 3rd, and it was jam-packed with big names such as Eminem, Travis Scott, Nerd, uh Jack White, among others. However, one of the stars that is booked for the New York City Festival is upset at his name placement on the 2018 Governor's Ball poster. Um, 2 Chains went on Instagram to voice his displeasure with his flyer placement. Chains wrote, Whoever did this flyer needs to do it over. No cap. I put in too much work to settle. I ain't going for the buddy-buddy shit this year. Give me mines. Uh, Titty Boy's name is below newcomers such as Khaled, Lil Uzi Vert, Dram, uh, Black, Post Malone, Russ, among others. <clears throat> Um, and then it just asks here, do you think he has the right to be mad? That's what I wanted to ask you guys. You know, do you think he has the right to be mad at this shit? I mean, there's Eminem, Jack White, Travis Scott, uh, Halsey, N.E.R.D., Khaled, Churches, um, Post Malone, Mark Ronson, uh, Damien, Damien Marley. That's kind of fucking crazy. I mean, he's dope. 
but you know Maggie Rogers kind of crazy that these are all above his name and I've always wondered when these um festival posters get released I've always wondered if artists get salty about their name placement you know just if they're like oh well fuck you I you know my single did better than that guys or whatever you know or if it's just like no dude it's just all on the you know I don't get paid off of where my name ranks on that list or whatever um so I don't know at first it made sense you know reading his his thoughts on it and just you know it made sense like he has the right to be salty but um after reading it again or or just thinking about it really I don't know it seems kind of petty you know to be mad at something so little and such a minor thing I mean I get it See, that's where I fluctuate between because I get it that you work hard for your shit and you need to, you know, everyone's not always going to give you your credit and they're not always going to cut you your fair slice. Right. And then when it comes to that, you need to demand your share. Um, But then I also kind of feel like and, and then that's where it makes sense that you would demand that, you know, this is fucked up. You guys need to change this lineup, whatever. But I also, like, see it from the other perspective where it's like, you're wasting time and energy. Like, I get it. I And I acknowledge that that's fucked up. But I'm going to keep it moving until you motherfuckers, there's no, you know, you have no other choice but to put me as, like, the headliner or some shit. You know what I mean? So, so basically, not allowing it to distract you. And, you know, just kind of take your energy. Um... So, I don't know. I mean, it does seem a little petty to me now. So, what do you guys think? Do you think he has the right to be pissed about it? Have his name listed below all those newcomers? I think the shit's petty. Um, And it's just kind of, you know, a waste of your energy. Especially when you're an artist like T-Pain. Or (laughs) T-Pain. What the fuck? Um, An artist like 2 Chains, who is established and has been doing this, you know? It's like, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't think it's shit to get mad over. Um, or, or more so, more than anything, just, you know, lose energy over. Um, Alright, now staying in 2 Chainz news. Uh, 2 Chainz teases a Versace sneaker collaboration. So this is fascinating. This is very dope. Uh, so in addition to dropping hit after hit on the music charts... Two Chains also enjoys the lavish life and sharing his experiences. Um, this has been shown via numerous episodes of Most Expensivist, from trying out a 150k uh, horsehair bed to sipping on a $2,500 cocktail. This time around, Two Chains looks to add luxury footwear ambassador to his resume, um, donning a Versace. A Versace, Jesus Christ, man, donning a Versace robe. Uh, he shares a portion of what seems to be a sneaker that welcomes Versace's traditional design pattern in the exaggerated chain link motif. In addition, Two Chains uh, teaser tags the IG account of former Yeezy designer Salhe Bembury, uh, who is now head designer of sneakers at Versace. It's safe to say that Bembury had a hand in the process and marks his first music artist driven project 
for the luxury brand. There's currently no confirmation as to when further news will be available, but stick with for additional information regarding the potential joint project. Um, so yeah, no official, you know, no date teased yet, no colorway. Um, but this just makes sense. I wanted to include this because this makes sense. So in a world of, you know, the perfect example kind of being, or the perfect example that comes to my mind is the blatantly out of place, um, Kendrick Lamar and Reebok collab you know, the extremely forced collab, um, it, it just doesn't feel organic, you know, with, with Kendrick and Reebok, also with, um, who the fuck was it, Future, and it was Reebok as well, I think, right, it just feels forced, it feels like Reebok is handing out a bag, and so instead of seeing that sneaker and being like, okay, yeah, I could see Kendrick fucking with that sneaker, or, oh, okay, I could see, um, fucking you know future wearing that no it's like whenever you see them wearing it it's like yeah well it makes sense one it's their signature sneaker and two you know at least they got a bag from it and and it it fucking sucks when you when you have to look at a sneaker collab that way you know um that's where i feel like this two chains collab makes so much sense with two chains and Versace, like that shit is just perfect, you know, like it fits, like it fits his persona, it fits his image, it does not feel forced at all, and uh, hopefully, you know, I'm glad this was even able to happen, and I hope that we see, you know, I hope that it's successful, um, and then so that we in turn see more from, you know, like a, a wider variety of brands um open to collaborating with artists and and organic fitting brands collaborating with artists you know um because so many of these collaborations feel forced nowadays and this is one that i wanted to take the time out to applaud because it seems like you know an anomaly um also i wanted to mention that i really fuck with the chain motif like the chain design if you guys want to see the sneaker uh two chains posted it on his instagram and his instagram is at hair weave killer h-a-i-r-w-e-a-v-e-k-i-l-l-e-r and uh and yeah so he posted the teaser pictures up there and you can see the outsole that's the only thing that's really visible of the sneaker um but yeah, just the chain look of it, it, it obviously fitting. I mean, fucking two chains, right? And uh, yeah, this is dope, man. See, this is the shit that matters. Fuck the governor's ball, wherever your name's listed on that shit, right? Like that shit doesn't even matter when you're when you're over here collaborating with fucking Versace. That shit is huge. Um. All right, so Amazon was recently caught selling fake Alex roller coaster belts. So if you guys are unaware, there's this up-and-coming brand that we've mentioned in the high snobiety list, I believe, before. And uh, it's Alex, spelled A-L-Y-X. And um, and it's gaining quite a bit of a following. I know that Kanye was recently seen wearing uh, 
what was it, like some type of chest bag that they sell. And um, and now I guess one of their best-selling items or newer niche items is this buckle. And it, um, so it's essentially like a roller, co- roller coaster buckle. And I believe that has a lot to do with the story, like where the, uh, the designer, you know, met with his now wife. Um, they were at some circus or, or not circus, uh, for sure not a circus, a carnival or whatever the fuck, right? And, uh, they went on the roller coasters and shit. And so that's what justifies his selling of this product, which is, I think it retails for like three or $400, which is kind of fucking crazy and kind of the overarching point that I wanted to touch on. Um, but this story just fell right in place. So I'll read it first to you guys. Um, all right. So Instagram based fashion detectives, diet Prada made a name calling out brands and for stealing ideas. Now they take aim at Amazon for allowing a familiar product to be sold on its site. Alex's signature roller coaster belts, um, diet Prada uncovered fake Alex belt buckles selling on Amazon for the impossibly low price of $7 and 52 cents. Um, what's more, for $6.47 more, the site recommends buying a strand of webbing, just like the kind used to create the Alex belts. And more more specific than webbing, it's like a mesh, you know, like a mesh belt, because webbing is kind of fucking confusing, but uh, yeah, it's like a mesh belt that it suggests that you buy with the buckle. Makes sense, kind of fucking crazy that you could get that for what, like a little over $10.00. Um, uh, all right. So although the webbing is generic, the buckles are clear ripoffs. The white print is almost identical to Alex's design and the gold accents mirror the original to a T. Um, no word on whether the fake product has been removed from the site, but expect Amazon to take action eventually. And it's kind of fucking crazy guys. Uh, again, if you guys want to see this, go to diet Prada's Instagram that's D-I-E-T underscore Prada, P-R-A-D-A. And um, they have, you know, side-by-side photos. It is crazy that they have even the, f- the text on the Amazon belt. Um, that's kind of where they fuck up, obviously. But the, the more important thing here... Hold on, let me read the caption to you guys. Um, it's well publicized that Amazon is brimming with counterfeits from third-party sellers... We weren't expecting fake Alex Studio logo belt buckles, though. Um, check out their suggested pairing for only $13.99 when you can't sell knockoffs, but still do it anyway. Just suggest a do-it-yourself knockoff kit. Um, kind of crazy. Uh, so, yeah, that's the bigger, you know, that's that's one of the bigger points here is that it's not actually Amazon. It's a third-party seller on Amazon. Um, just to help clear that up. But... Also, this thing, I think, reads... Let me let me check the price. The actual price for you guys. I believe it's around $300. Alright, so I found it. It's listed on Alex Studios' website. For 170 euros. Which I believe converts to $204. Um, which is pretty fucking crazy. And then anywhere else that you check, um, 
you know, there were a couple other stores when I searched this belt. So, for example, Farfetch has it for the listed $204. And then Leo, or Leo has it for $340. So, a crazy markup. That That's what's interesting here. If Amazon can sell it for, or a mock-up of it, for literally the bundle being what $15 if that that markup is fucking insane and um I don't know I mean it's it's like is that price justified because I guess when you really think about it you know you're it's like for example this recent um there was an article recently on some off-white hats uh, that released. And there's some cycling hats. And they they look gorgeous. That's, that's why I went to the article. It looked dope as shit. But they sell for... I mean, they're, they're basic mesh cycling hats. And they sell for $250 apiece. And... Uh, that is also what reminded me of this, you know, like this insane markup that you're seeing with Alex Studios. But then again, I read someone someone's comment in the uh, in the comments, and they mentioned that, you know, he needs to be compensated for his ideas, and that was an interesting uh, an interesting take on it, because that is very, you know, when you think about it, that's a very fair way to look at it. It's like, yeah, he's an artist, you know, whether it's a, you're a designer, you're a painter, whatever, you're an artist, you know, it, the medium doesn't matter, <clears throat> you know, and you choose to sell your work for what you choose, and then the market will tell you if that is a fitting price, or if, obviously, if it goes on sale or no one buys it, that's the market speaking as well, so you know, there's really nothing to be upset over, uh, it, it's more so just, obviously, if you want to buy that, then buy it, otherwise, don't bitch about it, I guess, um, but it's interesting, man, it's interesting to think that you could sell, in theory, you could sell that same item, you know, the roller coaster belt buckle with a, uh, a mesh belt for, $15 and then when this designer sells it mind you it had all the text and everything on it um I'm sure it's not of the same quality Let, let's be clear I'm sure it's not the same metal I'll, I'll even go that far to say obviously the print quality isn't going to be nearly the same um that would be dope to see a comparison on actually a comparison video or some shit um but I'll give it that, that maybe, you know, it's a, it's a lesser metal or some shit, but it's crazy that in theory, you could have that design for fucking $15 and the retail, you know, you're going to be paying $200 for your belt. I don't know, man, just kind of crazy. Um, and so, yeah, that, and then that's why it made me also think of the, uh, cycling caps from Off-White I was like, damn, these are dope. But then when you go and look at the price, you're like, I can do without it. Um, fucking $254 for a hat. And it was dope, too. 
you know, it's like, damn, like, I don't know, that shit's just crazy, but I guess that's just fashion, and that's the confusion, I guess, I'm still getting a feel for it, you know, on, like, what is justified, and, and just my whole, like, just my whole take on, you know, these extremely high-priced items that you could necessarily, you know, you could either make something very similar on your own for a fraction of the price, or you could buy it from a huge, you know, generic store like H&M for, for a fraction, you know, and, um, so I'm, I'm still deciding how I feel about it, because obviously it is, it is art, and I feel like that's where people get it fucked up, myself included sometimes, where I'm just like, god damn, they're charging how much for a fucking shirt, and then it's like, well, I mean, it's up to you to decide if that's worth that much, you know, um, but all right, with that being said, we are going to get to the sneaker releases, or, or the upcoming sneaker releases, rather, all right, so, one five the fifth um we have the nike air force one foam posit cup um i mean for 200 dollars, it's definitely too much at least for me uh i don't mind it dude i can see it being worn with some um what is it some super technical sportswear and i can see it being made to look dope um it is definitely an old design, so I get that it's it's likely gonna sit, and you're gonna see it selling for what, 150 by by the end of summer. Um. But yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's dope. It's a dope colorway as well. It's it has this uh, what is Nike calling it? Light carbon, and black. It's like this uh, not translucent blue, but this iridescent blue that you see on foams that same material, <clears throat> that, like, sheen that foams have, um, it's not bad, man, it's not bad, uh, also releasing is the Nike Air Vapor Max Plum Fog, um, this is a women's colorway, the, the faded purple is dope on this, though, I do like the faded purple fly knit, it's dope to see a different colored air unit, um, yeah, not bad. It's a win for the ladies. Um, yeah, so that's also dropping on the 5th. All right. Um, staying on the 5th, we have the Under Armour Curry 4 Low Merlot. Um, this is a... It's not bad. I don't care too much for the shoe design. Um, it obviously has, like, a burgundy upper with the Merlot name. It has a a lighter like magenta midsole and then a gum outsole so the gum outsole is what throws me off i do like the burgundy and the magenta the way that they work i wish that the outsole was white i feel like that would really set it off um but for 120 it's not terrible i mean uh, the, the shoe design does nothing for me really i like the uh random lacing like, there's one offset lacing that's not centered, and uh, or one eyelet, rather, that's not centered with the uh, rest of the eyelets. I like that, but other than that, you know, that's me looking, like, just fucking reaching for any positive, really. Um, 
design-wise, it's not great. Um, but yeah, if they would have done a white outsole, I feel like it would have been ten times better. All right, now the sixth, we have the Nike Kyrie Four Obsidian. Um, what is this like a deep navy with a like turquoise blue outsole? Um, it's dope, man. It's dope if it's your colors. Other than that, I mean, you know, this is stuff that Nike puts out. <clears throat> I feel like just to sit just to sit on shelves mainly. Um, this is the stuff that, you know, that moms pick up their kids when they when they enter the basketball league or whatever the fuck. Um so yeah, not terrible. Just definitely made to fill the shelves. Uh alright, now the Nike Air Air Max ninety seven metallic hematite. Um this isn't terrible. It's just it's boring. It's like a metallic black um, for 160 I mean, it's not, it's not, it's a pretty fair price. I mean, I think that's the average 97 price. Um, nothing crazy, though. Pretty much an all-black shoe with a little bit of sheen. Like, I don't know, nothing that special, at least in my opinion. Um, then we have the, <clears throat> staying on the 6th, we have the, Nike Air More Money, uh, the U.S. dollar colorway. I like this deep green suede. Mind you, it is obviously, you know, it being the U.S. dollar, it is the deep green and black colorway. Um, Nike is calling it Sequoia and Metallic Gold. I like that the air bubble is in a metallic gold. It looks dope. Um, my main take this I don't care too much for this colorway. My main takeaway is I fuck with the forest green suede. I really like the uh, color variation that that adds, and especially in contrast with the black. Gorgeous, man. Gorgeous. Um, not the best colorway though. I think the the one that I'm talking about. I think we'll cover in in uh in the upcoming releases today, but I think it's like the British pound. Is the one that I really fuck with. Um, Alright, so staying on the 6th. We have the Nike Kobe AD Mighty IT. And it has this tiny swoosh on the side. Which I kind of like. I, I like the uh, aesthetic of. So it's like a knitted in mini swoosh. With a uh, a larger swoosh kind of printed on it it's hard to like i don't i don't even know how you fucking describe the material it's just like a translucent print um that's a standard nike swoosh uh it's not terrible it's, you know it's like a basic basic basketball shoe it's red has a red upper like a rainbow fucking outsole and um what is that yellow red and green on the tongue i mean not great not great, not great in my opinion, but I do fuck with them messing with the swooshes. I like that aesthetic. Um, Alright, now on the 9th, we have the Nike Air Max 97 UL, UL is that utility in Nike language, uh, 17. Um, this is a men's colorway, it's, it's like a, a dusty rose, if you will, like a, uh, a faded pink. I think if you can pull this off, <clears throat> it's it's a dope colorway, man. Um, 
I like the translucent, like, very lightly pink tinted outsole. I think the whole colorway, Nike did its thing. Um, this is insanely dope. I, I think there are many fits to be pulled off with this. Um, I would like to see it in hand, though. But, uh, yeah, not a bad colorway at all. Um, dope that typically they give these dope colorways to women's sneakers sometimes. And it's women's only. And then the guys get fucked over. But this time, it says that this is a men's colorway, so I fuck with it. It's dope, man. Um, alright, and then we have, apparently, the, the Off-White 10 pack is releasing overseas in Asia. So we have all of those releases listed here. I'm just gonna skim over those. Because it's in Asia, so we have no fucking chance. Uh, if, unless you're in Asia, in which case, shout out to you. And if you could get me an Air Jordan 1 Off-White, I'd really appreciate it. Um... <laughs> no but uh all right now next we have let's see where does that put us on the 11th yeah the 11th we have um quite a few releases so we have the nike air more money french euro which is the uh, deep navy colorway with the icy outsole i like that contrast and with the hits of the gold this isn't a bad pack at all man there are a lot of dope colorways um yeah, and then the white laces. I mean, they just set the shit off, man. Um, Not bad at all. And then we have the standout, in my opinion. The Nike Air More Money British Pound. In the, I don't know what you would even call it. They don't even have the, the style colorway listed. Um, But it's like a tan suede, I want to say. And then black, uh, black accents or, or black midsole an outsole, and then a black collar, and a teal, uh, air bubble, I mean, this shit looks dope, man, fucking very dope, uh, the best colorway in the pack, and the pack is, is very dope, so that's saying something, um, no price listed, though, uh, but yeah, that's the standout in the pack, in my opinion, uh, that's one that I'm looking to cop, probably, um, all right, now we have the Nike Air Max 1 in a clay green hyper royal white black colorway. Um, it's not terrible. I like the way that the blue and the sequoia or not sequoia green, uh the clay green contrast. But other than that, it's nothing special to me. Just basic, basic as fuck. Um, then we also have the Nike Air Max 1 in the element the elemental gold, mineral yellow and black colorway. This one is the standout, in my opinion. This looks very dope. Um, in that, it looks like a tannish canvas upper. And then the uh, the yellow hits on the swoosh and the eyelets and the outsole. Fuck, man. Very dope. Clean-ass colorway. Good job, Nike. Um, Again, no price listed. So, I'm assuming it's going to be the average price of an Air Max 1, which is, what, 130 I think? Um, but yeah, dope colorway. Hopefully those will go on sale and you could even get, you could get them for even lower, which would be insane. Um, all right. And also on the 11th, the Nike SB Dunk Low Decon. Uh, this is like a stripped down SB Low, um, or Dunk Low, excuse me. Um, it's a light, 
light bone summit white colorway um it has the exposed foam on the tongue which gives me obvious like you know off-white vibes virgil vibes on this one um i don't know man for 100 it's not bad i i see this going on sale though just like every dunk in the past fucking what 10 years i mean it's been a while that dunks have been going on sale man i think this will be no different it's not terrible but it's just it would be dope to a dope pair to buy and beat up if you're into dunk lows um you got one with this one but i would wait i would wait i think it's gonna go on sale um all right and then we have the adidas profier in the trace olive colorway um it's is this deep olive upper and pink hits so it has little pink dots in the uh prime knit and then a pink hit on the heel of the outsole nothing special in my opinion you know pretty basic um i guess the contrast is kind of cool it uh actually no i don't fuck with it i don't like the pink and the fucking green I mean, if it just feels like an old ass contrast, like like just an old ass colorway, like maybe five years ago. I don't know. I definitely do not fuck with this colorway. I have yet to see a dope profier colorway, um, and it's unfortunate because the model interests me. But um, yeah, Adidas flopping on the colorways, man. Uh, all right, so that rounds out our sneaker upcoming sneaker releases. And, um, yeah, and also rounds out the podcast. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, I appreciate you guys. I fucking love you guys. I hope you guys get a chance. Check out the playlist. Um, and feel free to hit me up on social media. You guys know the, uh, the, the at names or the fucking usernames, whatever the fuck. Um, so yeah, feel free to hit me up, guys. And uh, just know that I appreciate you, each and every one of you, and I fucking love you guys. All right, well, you guys will be hearing more from me soon. Peace, guys.